Welcome to Catalytic Curiosity. I am your host, James with the Y O'Farron, with Catalytic Conversations. I serve remote professionals and hybrid organizations with coaching, consulting, and training to help them reconcile humanity and technology, leading to healthier digitally integrated lives and teams. On this podcast, I am embarking on a journey of discovery to unearth the roots of digital mastery and maturity beyond mere adulting. I interview insightful and intriguing experts exploring how we can develop sage-like maturity with intention in today's digitized world. Today's episode brings Shaquille Gaia to the table to talk about connection, both in person and online. Shaquille is a lifelong traveler and one who believes that learning is truly a cradle-to-grave process. He believes that most of the challenging situations happen because of lack of understanding and communication failures, and that we need to reach out to these out to each other to tell our stories. We do not have to agree with each other, but just listening will solve many problems both personally and globally. I met Shaquille through a Toastmasters networking program. We had some amazing conversations, not the least of which this one. Today, we talk about his travels and some of his experiences of connecting with people in diverse cultures and diverse places and how we can develop the maturity to listen authentically and to connect with everyone and the values we can get out of that. It's an amazing conversation. I look forward to you joining us on today's episode of Catalytic Curiosity. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Catalytic Curiosity. Today, I have a friend of mine, Shaquille Gaia, that I met through a networking program uh, for Toastmasters, for helping people connect around the world who have interesting ideas and thoughts, who share uh, different experiences and things like that. And Shaquille popped up as one of my assigned networking partners, and we had an amazing conversation. I said, I have to have you on this podcast because of his experience and the things that he's passionate about just lined up so perfectly uh, with what my vision is for this podcast. So Shaquille, welcome to the show. Thank you so much Thank for taking the time. Much. Tell me a little bit about yourself and for, for, for our audience. What, what's, what's unique about you? <laughs> well, I guess two things. Uh, one, I, I firmly believe that individuals are powerful people. And it's not just me saying, but mm. if you do a historical, an, an, a historical analysis, you'll find a significant amount of changes, whether from a technology point of view, from a social point of view, from a human interaction, living point of view, have been brought about by an individual. And then people develop that theory or philosophy and then move mm -hmm. on to it. Whether you look at religion, where to the prophets, different mm -hmm. prophets came with their messages, all with same moral values and similar things, little differences in the details, but that's there, or scientific technology. But today, it's, it's and I feel that we have lost that value for the individual mm. and everything seems to be going in the cluster. Mm. Secondly, I strongly believe that we share so much more things in common rather than our differences. Mm -hmm. And it is incumbent upon each of us to use the technology available to us and reach out to people. And we don't have to agree on 100% of what everybody says. We would be a very lonely world if we did have to. <laughs> exactly. Precisely, James. Precisely. But just by listening, you know, listen to somebody, give them your ear. Where are they coming from? What is their perspective? And I found what has helped me in developing this skill, if you wish, is my passion for travel, 
going to new places. Yes. And as a foodie, trying different foods from different parts of the world. Because we connect with food so much, don't we? <laughs> yes. So that's, that's helped me in learning. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, in food, you could be a simple person and say, no, I am only going to have steaks and potatoes. No more, nothing else. Or you could say, you know what? This is beef and this is potatoes and these are mushrooms. How else do people eat beef and vegetables? Mm-hmm. You know, do a global travel. A lot of ways. A lot of ways. So how does it taste? Is it good? Do I like it? Not. Okay. This is too strong, weak, taste, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And just as a simple example. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to say, okay, no, I'm going to give up my steaks and potatoes. I love steak and potatoes. You know, <laughs> so mash or fries or whatever. <laughs> just from that perspective, you get a, an idea. Okay. So there's more than one way of looking at something. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be my way or the highway, you know, like either mm-hmm. you're you're with us or you're against us, as some mm-hmm. of our politicians have said in the past. And it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make yeah. sense because the world and there is so much of difference and positive differences and good. It's like a bouquet of flowers. You know, I mean, you go into a garden and you see so many different types of flowers, same flowers, so many different colors and shades. It's amazing to me. That's beauty. That's nature. Yeah. That's whatever you want to call it. It's so there's amazing. so much variety out there to there's explore. So much variety. So, so tell me about some of the places you've traveled and some of your experiences with that. Well, I've traveled fairly well, I think, but uh, I haven't been to Australia as yet. I've traveled to Europe. I've been, I've, I'm originally from Pakistan. And my first major travel I, really was... I, so I, I just met a Pakistani this morning. Yeah. Uh, at, start, at Startup Crew, a, a networking event here locally, and I'm chatting uh-huh. with her. She's a super cool gal. And I was chatting with her. I was like, you know, I... I I haven't met too many Pakistani people, but I've had Pakistani food and it's amazing and I love it. <laughs> then she asked, well, where did you have Pakistani? I realized I couldn't remember. I remember that I, there's like a check mark of Pakistani food good, but I can't remember where I acquired that check mark. <laughs> there's a restaurant somewhere, there's a person somewhere brought it to a potluck or something. I've had Pakistani food yeah. and I liked it, but it was so long ago that I've yeah. forgotten where. So I need to go out and find the Pakistani restaurant now yes. and have it so I remember what it's like why i like it <laughs> oh but you, you'll be you'll be amazed that even in when you when you label it as like uh, pakistani food the the country runs north to south from the karakura mountains in the north to the mm-hmm. arabian sea at the south and uh, there, there is similarity in the food of course but traditionally what you would have is in the northern areas of the mountain not so much of agriculture so not too much spices Mm-hmm. You cut a lamb or a cow or whatever, and meat, you know, was there, and whatever vegetables or spices would be there or saved, mm-hmm. put it on, and that's what you're going to get for uh, your mm-hmm. meal sort of a situation. And as you come down more south to the plains, and that's when you start getting more flavors and things. Mm-hmm. And then also you'll find that Pakistan, especially when you come down south to the major city of Karachi, mm-hmm. Karachi is an amazing place, mm-hmm. which has basically just grown grown and grown. In 1945, it was a seesaw, it was a, it was a resort town on the Arabian Sea, uh, where, the big, where the big merchants from India, from uh, Bombay and other places, would be sending the families for the summer break. Uh, and population was less than half a million. <laughs> Today, it's over 20 million. Oh, wow. That's a lot of growth. And you have a person from every part of the subcontinent. When I say the subcontinent, I mean from Bengal in the east to India, north, south, and Pakistan, Afghanistan, the whole South Asian 
you know, diaspora, you have some form of representation there. Oh. So it depends which Pakistani restaurant you're going to <laughs> and how much there. price you can varieties away, within you know. varieties. <laughs> yeah, variety, again, again, variety. And it depends, you know, like how much spice can you tolerate? How much, you know, and flavors do you want? Yeah. So it's, 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 it's a whole spectrum of variants that you can get over there. And it's, it's truly amazing. Mm -hmm. It's truly amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. So you're, yeah. so you're from Pakistan. Where have you been in the world? So you, you, you haven't been Australia yet. You've been, you know, Europe, different places. Have you been, have you been to like Japan or some of those the Far East countries yet? Oh, James, you remind me of an amazing trip. Mm. I, one of my highlights, I should say something I'm really proud about was uh, that I was selected. I was honored, deeply, deeply moved when I was selected by uh, the junior chamber in Pakistan. Mm. to represent the Pakistani youth in the International JC's Junior Chamber uh, Annual Conference. And uh, every year, the Japan JC's used to do it. This was way, way back when I had more hair on my head and the hair was not, <laughs> was not this colored. So, and I didn't have any hair on my face at that time. <laughs> so I was one of the two people who was selected to represent Pakistan. Mm. And it was such an amazing trip that we flew from Karachi to Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And in Hong Kong, we boarded a beautiful cruise ship, which had about 350 Japanese young people and about 50 people from all over the world, including from U.S., from England, from Australia, from New Zealand, from Thailand, from uh, Sweden, from Philippines, uh, different parts of the world came. And they paired us one international delegate with three Japanese uh, men and women segregated in that on the cabin. And then we sailed from Hong Kong to Manila. We spent two nights on the cruise ship in Manila, toured Manila City, amazing place at that time. And then we came to Japan. When we reached Yokohama, we disembarked from the ship and we had like a half a day conference. Um. And then all the Japanese guests, the you know delegates went home and we were sent to different parts of Japan. And I was fortunate enough to be sent to the southernmost part of uh, Japan, mainland Japan. And my, my buddy, my partner, was this amazing guy from Papua New Guinea. And Japan was just, it just blew my mind away. It was so amazing. It was what was so the most amazing. powerful thing that really impacted you there? Oh, my God. I guess the discipline. Ooh. Mm. The discipline. Mm-hmm. Like in Pakistan, uh, people are a little bit more casual about implementing the traffic laws. Let's put it this way. <laughs> and I still I remember we were, you know, going from Ibusuki City, which is on the southernmost tip of Japan. And when you're on, on the beach over there and the, in the Sea of Japan, you can see these hills out and they're all volcanic mountains. You park your car outside, come back from work, and there's a thin layer of volcanic ash on the car. But, huh. And they, they have volcanic beaches, like people go down to the beach and well, it's, I don't know if your audience may be offended, but all you get to go on the beach when you're going is a small six inch by six inch, nine inch towel. <laughs> and you soak yourself in the hot uh, volcanic mud. It's supposed to be great therapeutic. I loved it as like a massage. I wow. ventured for that. Never done that before and never done that. That since. sounds like an amazing experience. Did that and uh, came back and it was wonderful. One of our trips to 
help us to, you know, as a, as a, as a tribute to us, mm -hmm. international delegates was when they took us to this uh, fish farm mm. outside the city. So we went, there were four cars and we, there was a railway crossing and every car stopped, dead stop, I mean, not slowed down, dead stop at the railway crossing and the Japanese drivers were looking left and right. So there's, I, I mean, I was wondering, like, there's no train coming. There's nothing. I mean, you know, you see the first car go, just move on. But you no, know, every single car stopped. Oh. Every single car stopped. And uh, waited, looked around. And I said, wow, these guys follow rules. Yeah. And then when we reached the fish farm, I was introduced to the owner of the fish farm. And then they brought the chef. And uh, talk about fresh fish. They had channels with water flowing and the goldfish and other large fish were there and they were like swimming, live fish. Huh? So the, the chef just picks up a net, puts it in the, in, the, in the channels, brings the fish out and the fish is outside on a right. log and still, you know, moving and you go chop, 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 chop. And they put a piece in a plate and give it to me on one side with a little bit of soy sauce and I'm looking at him, at my host and my interpreter, and I'm wondering, what do I do with it? <laughs> and uh, I was told, you have to eat this. It's like it's like what we would be doing in the Middle Eastern or the Pakistani culture. Oh. Like if somebody's come to your house and when you had a large farm or whatever, hey. you, you slaughter a sheep or something, like a fresh meat, yeah. and, you know, yeah. as an honor for the guest. Yes. And I was made to understand that, oh, so this has been done in our honor. And right. my friend from Papua New Guinea, he grabbed my show, he grabbed my elbow and he said, buddy, I've never done this and I don't think I can do it. This is, you're going to save our skin. And you know, like, it, 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 was, it was a very delicate situation where you did not want to offend the host right. as, as they've been so gracious and they've taken us to the special outing. Right. And uh, I said, okay. So I grabbed up the chopsticks and thank God I could use them and I just put the piece of the fish in my mouth and I just looked up at him. I just navigated down the food pipe and I smiled and I bowed to them and I said, Arigato, I mean, thank you very much. And, he said, oh, and they all started clapping and they, it, 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 it saved the day. <laughs> I love now, that. Before that, I'd never eaten raw fish. Mm -hmm. You get amazing seafood in Karachi, which is on the Arabian Sea. Yeah. And uh, amazing different uh, varieties prawns, lo not lobsters, but crabs mm -hmm. and uh, fish, but I've never eaten. I've had grilled, I've had, you know, all kinds of fried and different spices and no did, spices. So did you eventually acquire, did you acquire taste for it? Well, not right away, but when, <laughs> once I had done that and then I came uh, to Canada in 1996, especially in Vancouver, and I saw so many of these uh, sushi restaurants. Yep. And I started with, you know, the, the, the mild sushis and stuff mm. and said, okay, let's try this. Okay. Soya sauce, interesting. And then I said, well, let's try some sashimi. And now my favorite food at the Japanese restaurant is a piece of uh, uh, tuna sashimi. I prefer uh, that to the salmon. Yep. My, daughter and I, my youngest daughter, she loves. And when, whenever she, she's in town, she visits, she and me, daughter and dad, we go for a lunch <laughs> for sashimi. I love it. And, uh, my yeah, my wife... Before I got married, I had never had shellfish or sushi or anything oh, wow. like that. And so on our honeymoon, she persuaded me to try shrimp. And I tried shrimp and I actually did like it. So I have, still have it every once in a while. She's very happy with that. 
She also introduced me to sushi. Mm. And I, it's a, it has a dear place to my heart now. We go out for, you know, for date nights. We go regularly to go out and have sushi together because it is amazing. The sashimi, I have to admit, I do love the, uh, the tempura fried ones best, though, because it's that, that nice okay. crunch. It's I, I hear you. I it's hear good. You. But, there again, but there again, you see, like, this. if I would not have probably gone to Japan. Exactly. I And if I would not have ventured mm-hmm. out, you know, gone on a limb and uh, tried this raw fish and see how... Yeah. What was I thought to myself? I said, "What's the worst that can happen?" <laughs> so yeah, I said, "At the most, I'll throw up, or whatever." Yep. You know, all the thoughts are going in your mind. I said, "Never mind. We'll see what's going to happen later on." And I just plucked it in and yeah, and it developed. Uh, it took me time to go from yes. there to sashimi, but it, it's challenging and, and reaching outside your comfort zone, trying something new. And I and I love this story because it is such a beautiful picture of what you brought up in the very first part and kind of the focus of this episode is this is an analogous and metaphorical for how we relate to people. Yeah, we don't eat, we don't eat people, but (laughs) we connect with people over food, but we connect with people and there are people that we like, well, I would never like this kind of person. I would never get along with this kind of person because we disagree on so many different ways. They're so different from me. But we need to have the the maturity, right, and, and the the courage to encounter to listen. Yes, right. That's to listen deeply, to set aside our own judgments and our own biases as much as we can, because we can't completely set them aside. But as much as we can, we set them aside so that we can engage with them honestly and authentically. Mm-hmm. And who knows? We might make a new best friend. We might get our ideas changed and improved by that encounter either mm-hmm. way though whether we whether we like well okay i still really completely disagree with this person i really still don't like him but that experience has changed me and i'm better for it yes yes absolutely yes. yeah no that's what reminded me about my trip to japan and then uh no it was it was amazing it was one of the it was mm-hmm. one of the highlights and uh and one of the craziest things that happened over there was that they wanted they would have like a daily newspaper coming out and uh, there was a Japanese newspaper. Mm-hmm. And there would be an English newspaper. Mm-hmm. And James, you have three opportunities to guess who was the editor of the English newspaper on board the ship. Probably not an English person. Not from England. Not the young lady who came from, uh, I don't know, she from Maryland or Maine. She was from USA. Not the two people who came from Australia or from no. New Zealand. Not them. No. no. It, had to, it, it was offered... Nobody wanted it. it. Was offered to a crazy guy from Pakistan called Shakil Gaya, and he said, <laughs> "Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it." And uh, so I've, I've gone on the I've gone on the limb, and uh, I've 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 learned one thing that you know we we all set limits to our own potential. And no, I can't do that. I can't eat that. I can't drive that, or I can't achieve this, or whatever. Which is which is a shame. Yeah, and you know the the First Nations uh, philosophy, I guess, would be the same across the border in Canada or USA because the philosophy remains the same. Is when they talk about the Creator, and they say that He has blessed His creation with so many different things, and we do not know what is our calling, what is our potential, till we do not go out. And like even in some of the African tribes, their rights of maturity and adulthood, they would send a young man out into the forest 
to go and explore, not in a protective environment where mom and dad are dropping the child to the school. Well, sad situations about the school education yeah, and indeed. the safety issue nowadays. But uh, but that's that's that you know gives you an opportunity to get out of your comfort zone, mm. explore, and mm. see. Okay, and you know come to real life experience, which may not be replicated in the future, but that could start a learning process. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, sets the tone going on for you. I came in 1996 and I didn't know anybody in Vancouver. <laughs> I had half my family in Toronto. Toronto is like New York or London, right. metropolis in Canada. Yeah. And lots of family and stuff there. And my wife and me decided that, hey, whatever the creator has written for us mm-hmm. in terms of our provision, we will get it wherever we go. And we were told that Vancouver is the most mildest and most beautiful place in Canada. So we said, hey, let's go there. <laughs> we came here and, you know, it's it's been it's been a wonderful trip. It's been a wonderful experience mm-hmm. meeting so many different people. Mm-hmm. And awesome. again, one of the advantages of living in Vancouver is that you have the Canadians who've come immigrated from Britain primarily. Yep. But so many more people have come over the years and just interacting with different people. It, it's, it's, been, yeah. it's been profound. It's been profound. There's so, so much variety there. So many different people from all over the is. world. All over the world. Different, ideas. different people. Or even if you're in a small town in a small community, mm-hmm. you know, where you have an only white or an only brown or only black. And I don't mean this in derogatory terms. I'm just yeah. racially dividing people in that category, mm-hmm. whoever there is. Listen to people. You know, mm-hmm. go and, yeah. you know, say what you have, they have to say. You don't have to agree with them. Mm-hmm. But lend yeah. them your ear. Yeah. Well, what are they saying? Where are they coming from? Yeah. And you might say, hmm, okay, that's that's what he believes, or that's what he holds to be the truth, so yeah. to speak. We don't have to agree to it. But once you sit down and listen, and today in any communication seminar or any mm-hmm. communication program, mm-hmm. you'll find that the emphasis is not so much on speaking, mm-hmm. but essential part of communication is listening. Yes. Are you prepared to stop and listen to what the person is saying and then respond? Or are you just going to have your own preconceived silo kind of a thing? No, I'm not going to move from there. So to me, I would would recommend to anybody, especially young people, Mm. get out and move. (laughs) Go going, you know, wherever you want to go, travel in the world, travel across the USA. That in itself is an education, you know. It is. Oh, it it is. is. It is. Absolutely. I mean, I, I I've, lived, much... I've lived in Washington. I've lived in Tennessee, Texas, and North, and North Dakota now here in America. I've yeah. also lived in Ireland, you know, o- o- overseas. And there's so much variety. Like you, I, I, could, I could say that there's actually, in a sense, in, in certain areas, more mm-hmm. differences between you know, Washington and Ireland than between Washington and Texas. Uh-huh. Right. So like, Texas is hugely different from Washington and Washington mm. are actually very similar in many ways. Mm. And, you know, Tennessee is, you know, its own little variety along those lines. And North Dakota is this whole different animal, you know, <laughs> but has this commonality to Texas and yeah. in Georgia and different places like that. So there's all these different ways that people can be the same or different. Mm-hmm. And so seeing that diversity of ways in being diverse is also really valuable. Yeah, we have differences. There is diversity. But yeah. again, one of There's my learnings thing. on visiting the Cambridge University in England was the architecture. Mm. It, it looked so similar, you know, so familiar to what I was used to. 
and you know the arches were there and the and the situation and i was told that the cambridge university campus buildings have been built they were inspired by the arab architecture <laughs> and i couldn't believe it and then he said look look this is what you have in the mosques yeah these arches and these kind of symbolic structures mm-hmm. so at that time technology design whatever mm-hmm. the muslims were leading the world in science and technology and everything and including architecture yeah. so some architect from in- from england yeah goes to spain to granada or mm-hmm. wherever got saw the grand mosque of granada mm-hmm. and southern spain and saw all that he said wow that looks cool <laughs> and gets a job to design a university in england an opportunity <laughs> and go figure you know like so that's oh, how and there yeah. are so many similarities i find between people yeah that we are not prepared to uh you know share with each other or reconcile mm-hmm. to is this the question of saying no no this is me no no this is it or this is it no life is not rigid you can never be rigid yes on your core values mm-hmm. on your matter of faith mm-hmm. like i mean i as as much as a foodie i am but as a muslim of course uh, pork is uh, prohibited uh-huh. for us right. unless it's a life saving situation mm-hmm. so i eat I eat meats. I love lamb. I love beef. I love dairy. I love uh, all the seafood that I can get. I don't eat pork. But if somebody wants to eat pork, I mean, I'm just going to say, "What are you eating?" Ew. You want to eat it? You eat it. If if for us we feel that the same message is there in the Bible and the others that the pig was not an animal to be consumed, but for use for other reasons, you're breaking the law, divine law. Who am I? You know it. You want to do it? It's between you and your creator. Yeah. Do it. So you know tolerance, and where where you have to draw the line? Yes. Yeah. But you look at the global situation today, James. Mm-hmm. So much of, you know, ego, mm. and so yes. much of uh, lack of sharing. Yeah. And ignorance, really, and you know, trying to brainwash people, mm. and that's one of the tragedies of. Uh, the modern technology i would say that media yeah it's made it harder so consolidated in so few hands that the mm-hmm. one message is coming out mm-hmm. and we have stopped thinking as human beings that the faculty of mind and the analytical ability that the creator has given us mm-hmm. does this make sense how does this make sense you know yeah. I, i we 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 i was I I basically a pharmacist but I went into uh in the, into the marketing area and when I came to Canada I was working with a large uh, multinational company mm-hmm. and for uh, one of our conferences we were uh, in uh, Arizona and uh, my roommate was a wonderful guy Joe was a big guy of German descent uh-huh. and uh, he was into mixed martial arts uh-huh. <laughs> he was my roommate I one night after the evening was over and stuff and we you know we in the room and he saying hey Shakil can I ask you a question I said sure Joe go ahead he said look it's, it's a little delicate situation so I mean please don't feel offended I said wow you got to say all that before you can ask me the question <laughs> oh boy now I'm worried <laughs> <laughs> and this was you know not too long after 911 mm. and you know from that time the labeling Muslims equal terrorist kind of a thing had been started. Right. I'm not saying we don't have our share of crazy people, but you know that labeling in terms mm-hmm. of Muslims because there is no one Muslim we come from all geographical right. parts of the world. Right. And he asked me a brilliant question James. Mm. 
Is it Shakir? Tell me. I can't understand. How can all Muslims be terrorists? And I paused and I thought to myself. And then before I could answer, from his side of the room, he says, you know, it doesn't make sense. So I said, Joe, mm -hmm. you've just answered your question. I was going to tell you that, you know, when we were born, we're taken from our moms and sent to some factory in Shanghai where they have the tea chip called the terrorist chip and that's planted in us and that's how all Muslims become terrorists. And we had a great, we had a good laugh together, but, but that's what it is, you know. Right. That's what it is. And things like that. But mm -hmm. if we stop and think and ponder, there is so much, there is so much mm -hmm. that the bounties of nature, yeah. whatever, as you, as you wish to describe it, whether in theological terms, in religious ways or philosophically or whatever, there is so much, this earth that has been given to us. Yeah. There is so much in it for all and, of us. And there's so much that we miss when we paint a broad brush across everything. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's just our greed that mm -hmm. I want more, I want more, I want more. Mm -hmm. And we forget one simple fact. When any of us, and I don't care where you are, which part of the world or what you believe or don't believe in, when we come into the world, our hand is empty. Mm -hmm. We bring nothing. And when we go, we take nothing. Mm -hmm. So for the 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years on this planet, how many billions of dollars does one man need or one family <laughs> need? Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about that, I'm not against people making money. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. No, right. no. But, you know, I perspective. Me, it's perspective to me. Yeah. Instead of trying to grab three slices of the pizza. Hey, why don't we make the pizza a little larger or double the size? And everybody gets one slice and yeah. is happy sharing. Yeah. You know, simple things. So tell me, so we talked a little bit last time about because uh, you've you traveled all the place. You've had amazing connections over food and listen to all these people all around the world. What are some of your experiences in connecting online? Because so what you're describing of this listening, of you know having that perspective that allows us to set aside our prejudgments so that we can actually authentically listen to people. What are some of your experiences of, of that? You know, since COVID, since the lockdowns, everybody's going online. Like this is how we met was through online connections and things like that. What are some of the lessons that you've learned about connecting uh, online using technology for good? Well, James, uh, I don't know how to put this. It sounds rather weird, but I'm 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 happy for COVID. Hmm. In the sense, don't get me wrong, it right. caused a lot of damage. A lot of people died. Uh, leaving that aside, mm -hmm. what COVID has done, because in every dark cloud, like you say, there's a silver lining. Always. What it has done has made the world relatively smaller. Mm. Sitting in Vancouver at my home, mm -hmm. my home office. I've been fortunate enough to attend a Toastmasters meeting in Ankara, Turkey. Mm -hmm. I've dealt with friends and colleagues. I made friends uh, in uh, Italy. Mm -hmm. That was one of my first, second uh, person that I met through this program that we met. And then I met this uh, gentleman from uh, Latin America who is in Prague, mm. who spent a year working in Vancouver. So go figure it out. <laughs> nice. And then I met this amazing young lady who's an architect. She studied architecture in Italy, in Milan. Mm. She's a great artist and loves design and flair. Mm -hmm. And she comes from Lebanon. Oh, wow. 
to Italy to study architecture and decides to stay there. And when I visited Turkey this January, mm -hmm. earlier this year, I was just blown away by the art and architectures that I saw. Mm -hmm. They have high rises, but their high rises are not, you know, like cookie cutter, straight uh, <laughs> columns of concrete and steel and glass. There was, there was art, there was some feel to it, you know. Mm. So I shared those designs with her mm -hmm. and she educated me. She must be in her early 30s, probably half my age. Mm -hmm. And she was telling me, you know, this design is called this, this in architectural terms. And you see these little things on the on the top of the of the glass panels. Huh? And I wow, I said, oh, I didn't even notice that. So I learned. Ah. I learned uh -huh. art and architecture from mm -hmm. this young lady mm -hmm. who's half my, or less than half my age. So to me, the simple thing is we have a heart, open it up to people, have yeah. a mind, open it up to people. You mm -hmm. never know what you're going to learn and get from it. Mm -hmm. I mean, just traveling in Turkey. We went, we, we, you know, on Google, we said, okay, let's find this restaurant and find some good place. And my son and his family also happened to be there. So we were together and they did all the Google searching. Okay, dad, we're going to go to a nice place for lunch. I said, great. We parked the car and we're going and we're looking and looking, looking, and we come to the restaurant. Guess what? Oh, oh no. It's only open for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? You're hungry. You got to eat some food. <laughs> and there we found some Uyghur food. The Uyghur is the, uh, the Turkish Muslims of, Turk, of Turkmenistan bordering yeah. China who are suffering through such uh, cultural yeah. genocide, you know, because, yeah. because they happen to be different. Mm -hmm. And not too many people are bothered about it because China is too big a monster to be poked, I guess. Unfortunately. So, the bullies are not going to pick on somebody their size. Yeah. And uh, we said, we looked at each other and we said, smells good. We went up to the, to the restaurant and uh, they had these little mini uh, pancakes, you know, like about bite size, uh, speciality kind of a thing. And she said, I have those and I have soup and everything else is finished. And I told my son, I said, if they make food and that's finished. That's a good indication. And this lady could speak a little bit of English to communicate with us. I said, let's try it. Mm -hmm. We went there and we ordered some of the soup, which mm -hmm. is like lentil soup, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And you could taste that it's not previously cooked and thawed and frozen food. Right. And when she cooked it, it was came steaming. And mm -hmm. this was cold. This was mm -hmm. cold at that time in Istanbul. Mm -hmm. And then she brought her platters. So it's like a little dough. And in the pouch of the dough, you like pierogies. They put some beans, some lentils, and a little bit of uh, minced Ooh. meat, lamb Ooh. meat. And it's served in a sauce of yogurt and cream and oh, very wow. lightly spiced. Very lightly spiced. Very, very unlike Pakistani food. Hmm. And we ordered, you know, two platters. And we started, and it was sizzling fresh. And we tried and we looked at it like we said, can we get some more? She said, yes. She said, yes, these two planters won't be enough for you. We said, yeah, we'll try it and, you know, we'll see because, you know, she's running a business. She's got to sell this to us. Right. And we said, let's try it. We tried it. Yeah. And she said, hey, you know what? This is nice. Maybe have some more, please. <laughs> so, and that's the key. Try it. Try it. Try it. Yeah. Open your mind. Open your heart mm -hmm. to different things. What's the worst thing that can happen? You won't like it. <laughs> Don't try it again. Right. Put a cross on that. Mm -hmm. Fine. 
You don't like going to some place because it's too hot, it's too this, it's too that, whatever, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Or go to some other place. Mm -hmm. But don't stop exploring. Yeah. I mean, Turkey. I am totally bowled over by that place, James. It is so high on my bucket list. I, 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 I am dearly looking forward to the time when I'll be able to visit and you know, go, go to Istanbul and see all of the architecture and the history that's there. It is is definitely definitely a place I look forward to visiting. You know, having met you twice now, what I would recommend for you to see and what I can tell you you will be bowled over by, the architecture, the people, mm -hmm. the whole city, the mm -hmm. construction, the connection, mm -hmm. connecting of the underground tunnels yeah. through the oh, yes, connecting Europe and Asia, all mm -hmm. that is great. Yeah. But you know, two things it's that such an intersection. Yeah. Two things that bowled me over. One in one of the suburbs of Istanbul we visited a museum for children hmm. and they have all these characters over there in the museum from Western and the Middle Eastern philosophies and literature. Mm -hmm. Cinderella was there, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs <laughs> were there and Alibaba was there and you know the different characters were there and it and it was so well done. I think I enjoyed it more than my grandchildren really. <laughs> I became a child over there and it's free. Cool. And and there were so many young families coming with the oh, kids. Beautiful. And you can see the mom and the dad. Oh, look at that, look at that. And I said, these guys are doing what I'm doing, becoming a child at heart all over again. <laughs> and I, I loved love that. It, you know? I love that. And the second thing that I felt so good about, and I I don't, you know, mean to be critical about Canada, where I've been living a good, blessed life for the last mm -hmm. 26 years that I've been here. But people in Istanbul, they better care of stray cats and dogs hmm. than we do of human beings over here, James. Hmm. We have had more people die due to overdose of drugs in Vancouver hmm. than due to COVID. How, how can you justify this? Yeah. I mean, COVID was a bug that came after many people knew about what happened and then spread right. like a virus. So there is some excuse by the time right. the people in right. science come up to it. But people dying of drug overdose, substance abuse, mm -hmm. you know, with all the police and technology and everything and happening. Mm -hmm. There, the amazing thing is that Istanbul was surrounded by seven plateaus or hills. Mm -hmm. And till recently, the outskirts of Istanbul, not the main city, but the outskirts, the hills were used by the shepherds. They would take their flock up, graze them and come back. And to protect your sheep, your flock, yeah. you need sheep dogs. And these are massive dogs. Ooh. And now you find these dogs with tags in the ears, green colored tags in the ears. Uh -huh. They don't belong to anybody. They're not pets. Huh. And the city takes care of them. And <laughs> I did not see a single scrawny, starving, sick dog or cat in the wow. entire city of Istanbul. Wow. I was amazed. Mm. I mean, to me. That's beautiful. That's showing it, it says something about a society because you, 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 how do you how you care for the least and the people who can care for themselves the least or the animals that care for themselves the least um, that shows the real moral character of a place. Yeah, it does. It's, it's creation. That too is creation. Like mm -hmm. We take care of animals. We take care of the plants. We take care of the earth mm -hmm. and protect it instead of destroying it for quick little bit of profit for a few people, for a few companies. Mm -hmm. It can be done in a better manner. Yeah. Whatever we're doing, it can be done in a better manner. Exploit the natural resources, yes, 
but you know look at it in a more strategic vision <laughs> not just you know quick right. profits and kind of a situation yeah. that's where i come from i love i love that though that i think that's a really good place uh, to tie this back to because this is not just uh you know listening to each other connecting each other being an open open mind but on a broader view in yes. society reaching out and yes. connecting to the nature and the context that we have yes. and listening there too I think is mm-hmm. also super important. So thank you for bringing that up. And th- thank you for, for jumping on this call with me. This has been beautiful. Oh, no, no, it's, been it's been great. Thank you so much, James. Wonderful talking to you again. Absolutely. Anytime. Okay. <laughs> thank you so much, Akil. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you had your curiosity sparked to explore these subjects with greater awareness or gained a valuable insight along the way. Please remember to leave reviews wherever you can and make sure to join the conversation on my Discord, link in the show notes. Remember, community is the catalyst that drives lasting transformation. I'll see you in the next episode of Catalytic Curiosity.